You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. Hallelujah for good things. God has good things in store for us. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you, you know, it's... Sometimes we can get so and so busy and so many different things going on, so many different things happening that we have to just stop and say, okay, even when we don't look like God's working, hallelujah, we know he's working. Even no matter what goes on, no matter what's been said, we know that God's working, he's doing, even if we don't feel like it, God's working, he's moving, he's manifesting things here. So I just want to stir your faith up tonight. Uh, you know, a lot of things going on, a lot of things just praying. I just needed to stir my faith up, so I'm going to stir yours up, Amen. I always usually preach me happy, so I just try to do that. I try to, you know, stir up the heart of God, stir up what's going on. And, of course, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 10. And I'm just going to read a scripture here uh, out of um, the King James Version, but also out of the New Living Bible. But just to talk about the purpose. You know, what's faith's purpose? You know, my title tonight is Faith's Purpose or the purpose of faith, but really it's faith's purpose. Everything that God does, he does on purpose, do you know God has a plan that God's not up in heaven thinking, wonder what I should do today. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. No. God has it all lined out from the beginning to the end and knowing exactly what needs to take place, knowing exactly what needs to happen. But God's got a plan. He's got a purpose for us. He knows everything that he wants to do. And he said this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. He said, but without faith, it is impossible to please God because you must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen? You know, we need to understand in the King James or the New Living Translation, it says, so you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Romans chapter 10, where I told you to go, verse 17 says that, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In the New Living Translation, it says faith comes by hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Aren't you glad that when you hear the good news about that, faith comes by hearing and hearing by, by the word of God. It comes by hearing and hearing and getting that on the inside of us. But the purpose of faith is to govern what we think, amen, what we, you know, what we see, what we think, what we see, and what we do, Amen. Grabbing a hold of what is it? It's like, this is the purpose. It's, it's to govern what we think. It's also to govern what we say and to govern what we do. How do you know that the enemy's always trying to get us to work against ourselves? He always wants us to get to look at the circumstances, get to look at what's going on around and get us speaking the wrong things or get us thinking the wrong things, first of all, then get us saying the wrong things and then to get us to do the wrong things. Amen. I remember over there in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith so that you may be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. So how do you know when your shield of faith is up? How do you know when that shield of faith is up? It's when you govern your life by what you believe, what the word of God says. You govern your life, what you think, what you say, and what you do. I said this on Sunday, and it kind of came up, and I was praying this afternoon, just praying, asking the Lord about some things tonight, and just just seeking the Father, saying, Lord, stir our hearts up. We need to continue to keep moving in the right direction. But we ought, we got to walk by faith. And so we've got to con- constantly remind ourselves of what faith's purpose is or what faith is all about, because the enemy is always trying to bring thoughts to us. He's always trying to put things, oh, what is going to do by this? How are we going to do by this? How are we going to handle this? You know? And... Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, go with me if you would over to Philippians chapter 4. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 9. I know Philippians chapter 4, it says you're supposed to think on some things. But in verse 9, Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, what things that you've actually heard me say, say, okay? He said, what you, those things that you've heard me say, those things that you've saw me do, you know, he said, do those things. You know, so he said, do that. Hear, see, and do. How do you know what you hear paints pictures? So you've got to guard what you hear. You've got to guard how, you know, what you hear. The Bible says you've got to guard what you hear, and you've got to guard how you hear. Amen? We've got to guard what we hear and we've got to guard how we hear. What you hear is content. How you hear is attitude. Do you hear in faith or are you going to hear in unbelief? Because you can, remember we're going to filter. What is faith's purpose? It's to govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. How do we know if our shield is up? Our shield is up when we govern our life by what we believe. And so it governs our life on how we think and how we talk and how we act. Amen? How many you know right now is probably the greatest witness for the church to be on the face of the earth right now since the Lord Jesus, since the beginning of the church, in the, in, in, in the very beginning of the book of Acts? It's how we act. Because, you know, that's what they couldn't, they couldn't figure out. The Romans and everybody else couldn't figure out how we can kill these people and they, they want to die. It's crazy, yeah. But in the beginning, they said, we don't understand this thing. The more that we persecute them, the faster it's growing. Now, that goes over real big for us, you know, because we have a Western gospel, not an Eastern gospel. You know, people in other countries and all other countries that are Eastern, that are, you know, countries that are under scrutiny and everything else. He said, you guys say, come to God, he'll give you everything. We say, come to God and you lose everything. But you'll gain your life. You will lose the low life, but you'll gain the high life. Hallelujah. Amen. We look at some things and we see that in the New Living Translation, it says this about Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. It says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Everything in the kingdom says hear, see, and then do. I like that because what we hear is what we see and what we see is what we go do. So what we hear is paints pictures in our mind. So think, what we, it'll cause us what we say and then it'll cause us to do. It'll be our actions in it. Why is it so important right now? It's so important to be walking around in faith, believing, exercising our faith for everything else, everybody around us, but for everything that we're doing, walking in line with the truth of the word of God so that we walk by a difference so people can ask the reason of the hope that's within us. And that we can actually also be able to help others and be able to help people. Because we live in a, in a time and an era where everybody's afraid of everybody. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. Communicate. Amen? Yes. And it's amazing that if you communicate or you talk, you know, it startles people. But then they're like, oh, hey, wow, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Amen? You know, you know we look at, and we have, to be, we have to be the instigators of that. We have to be the ones that does that. We have to be that. See, until faith is really a part of our daily life, faith isn't something you do when you have a problem. You don't get ready for it. No, faith is something you have all the time so that when problems arise, you're ready to exercise your faith up there knowing that God's going to work with it. 
See, faith has to become a part of our daily conduct, our daily speech, our daily life. You know, and then when it begins to grow, then what happens is, is that the enemy loses his grip on us. Remember, it says that we got to, above all, taking the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Satan doesn't have anything in you. Jesus told us, or Paul told us in this, he said, don't give the devil any place. He said, if we humble ourselves before God, we resist the devil, he flees. We've got to submit ourselves to God. See, faith is something that you just simply believe in what God says. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, so now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which simply means I have an assurance, I have a belief that what God said is true. And isn't it wonderful that your faith is based on the word of God, not based on anything else. It's simply acting on the word of God that what God said is true. Amen? It doesn't just agree with it. See, we've got a lot of folks who agree. They agree. Well, man, the Bible says they agree with it, but they don't act on it because they get a little nervous. Amen? You know, because here's the thing about it. It's not only believing that God can, but it's believing that God will. See, faith begins where the will of God is known. And this is the will of God. It's the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It is that we need to do. And here's the thing about it. I like what one minister said this. He said, well, any, any, anything that I'm going through, anything that comes up again, I take it to court. He says, I take it to court. And the first lower court is all of the word of God in the Old Testament or in, in the things around here. He said, you know, and the higher court, hallelujah, goes into where the Apostle Paul and the epistles, that's like, but the Supreme Court is when you take it to the cross and you take it to the words of Jesus, hallelujah, and it changes everything, glory to God. And we take hold of what he said. The problem is, is that we have this hard thing to do. We, we have a hard time with just taking the Bible for what it says. Amen? And yet, just taking the word of God, saying we're going to take the word of God for what it says. You know? So remember I said, faith begins where the will of God is, is known. Hope begins where the ability of God is known. A lot of people have hope because they know God can, but faith is that God will. How many of you know God is going to, I mean, he, he's going to take care of us. He will supply he will make a way where there seems to be no way. He is a way maker. How many of you know the church is the most powerful entity in the earth today? Amen. You, because you're part of the church, you are the most powerful. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen? That you, in Christ, we have life. Grabbing a hold of that, taking a hold of that, that's the thing about it. it. Because of the church, the church is the highest power and the highest authority in the land because it's the highest spiritual authority because Jesus gave us authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me and I give it to you. So who has a higher authority? Jesus does. But he gave it to you and I and so we have faith in his ability. We have faith in his willingness. We have faith in his word because that's what he said. So we take his word. Amen? Amen. You know, I remember reading, you know, John G. Lake and, and Smith, all these great men of faith. But I remember reading something about John G. Lake. And John G. Lake was a, was a, sales, you know, a, a salesman, actually. And uh, anyways, but uh, his family was having all kinds of things. People were dying and dying. God called him into the ministry. He went to South Africa. And he got over there, and he began to just share things. And everybody said, we know we can't do this. We can't do that because of the witch doctors. 
because of all these things that are going on. He said, wait a minute, time out. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, these guys, he said, why don't you cast the devil out of these witch doctors? And they go, well, those witch doctors can cast the devil out of you. And he couldn't understand. He's like, what are you guys talking about? Jesus, God's greater than these things. But he said, I, was, I, I wanted to test this out because people believed in it so that things were happening. But I was, I was at a place where two uh, tribal chiefs got mad at each other. They got in this big riff, you know, and they were, they were just at odds with each other. And believe it or not, they both believed, you know, in Jesus, but they were just mad. So, but the one guy said, well, I'm just going to put a curse. I'm going to do this and get my, my witch doctor to, you know, do some things and, and get him and, and cause him to have this fever, cause him to have this stuff. And John G. Lake, he heard about it. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to find out this is really true. See what's going on. So, well, why these people are going to... So I, he, he, the one guy, he was with the one guy who was mad. And so he, he put a curse on this guy and said he's going to have his witch doctor make him just have a, get all hot and burn up and then actually end up and just die. So he thought, okay, you did the curse. So now I'm going to go drive across the country here, you know, get over here, which he had to ride a horse to get there, get over there. So he goes out with the other king that's you know, of the tribe. He goes out with him. And all of a sudden, he gets really hot. All of a sudden, he falls off his horse. It looks like he's about to have a heart attack. He's having a stroke, it looks like. And finally, he goes, okay, enough's enough. And then he lays hands on praise for him and gets him healed and delivered. You know, and he comes back and he says, you know, the problem with you guys, you have more faith in the devil than you do in God. Amen. See, because what you don't understand, what we believe in is what will be created in our lives. See, and right now, we've got to believe what God's word says, and we've got to be speaking faith, and we've got to be speaking truth. We've got to take hold of what God's speaking in our heart. Amen. Amen? Because believe it or not, faith is the door from which God operates in our life. And faith is simply trusting God. Faith is simply believing that what God said in his word is greater than what I'm facing. Yes. That God's moving on my behalf. That God is moving. Amen? And let me give you three things about that faith is not so you know what it is. Number one, faith isn't silent. Can't have faith to yourself. Thank you for your overwhelming thought. Thank you, Miss Melanie. Hallelujah. I know that you just, you just jumped off the couch on that one, but that's okay. We got too many silent faith people. Because they're afraid if they say something, it's going to locate where they're at. And guess what? Your confession already locates you. Your silence is already locating you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm gonna preach to the camera right there. No, they're all they're all great here too. I'm just kidding you guys. Everybody's happy. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse thirteen says this, but we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. Faith to be exercised is that faith has to be spoken. It has to be declared. Because Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 says, What saith it? Faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Amen? Because with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation or to healing or to deliverance or to prosperity. Whatever it is, you've got to say something. See, to exercise your faith, you've got to open up your mouth. 
Mark eleven twenty three says, "What things ever you know, whoever shall say unto this mountain, excuse me, you know, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith." Verse twenty four says, "Therefore, what things ever we desire when we pray, believe that we receive them, and we shall have them." You know. And so Mark eleven twenty three says, "We got to say, we got to say, we got to say." Why is that so important? Because there's no such thing as silent faith. I don't care what all these people say, oh, aren't, this, aren't they so pious? Aren't they so religious? They never talk. <laughs> and they never get anything done. They have, they do what they're doing, but they never affect anybody or they never affect anything. Because God said the most powerful things that we have is our words and faith in those words, faith in the word of God. Because Genesis chapter one, God said nine times, God said, and it was so. And God gave us. God made us a speaking spirit, what it says in Genesis. He made us to say something. We're supposed to speak, but we're supposed to speak the word of God. We're supposed to speak what the Bible says about it. Amen? See, because here's the problem. Remember what I said? Faith begins where the will of God is. That's where faith begins. And so what happens when we stop, when we stop thinking God will, then we've stopped having faith. Why is that so important? Because, f- folks, we've got to exercise our faith more now for everything that's going on because this world is crumbling. I mean, there are so many things going on. It is. It is struggling. People are struggling. Hallelujah. But we've got to be the ones that we don't need to be struggling. Why? Because we have a great God. We have a God that we can believe in. We know what's going on. We know the future. We have, we have the spirit of truth that's on the inside of us. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide us into all truth. He'll show us things to come. That means he's showing us what's ahead. He's showing us these things here. Amen. So there's no such thing as silent faith. Isn't it amazing? God said, even when you come to him, he said, you know, in Isaiah chapter 43, he said, you know, uh, that he would blot out our transgression. But he says, come on, let's reason together. Let's talk together. Let's do this thing so that, so that you can be justified. Come on, give me some things. Give me something to work with. Amen. We've got to give God something to work with. It's kind of like in Ezekiel. If you ever look at Ezekiel, you know, God doesn't do anything until Ezekiel talks. He says, say to this, son of man, prophesy to here. Son of man, say to this. Son of man, say to this. God asked him a question, and, and Ezekiel's awesome. He says, Lord, you know. Lord, you know. Lord, you know. And then God says, say this. And so he says it, and bam, everything starts happening. Amen? Nothing happens until God says, say it, and then he says it, and things begin to take place. Here's another thing about faith is, the second thing about faith, faith is not passive. So that's why everybody gets nervous. Because people that are of faith are a little bit excited. Sorry, that's what that's what I is. That's why people get nervous. Say, Pastor, can't you just tone it down? I can't. I can't. There's no such thing as passive faith. <laughs> See, because if Jesus tells you to act one way, you got to act it. I mean, come on. Did you read what God said for the prophets to do in the Old Testament? Some of those guys. That's nuts. God said, okay, Isaiah, you run around naked for three years and prophesy. Now, they lock people up for things like that. And of course, now you can go to San Francisco, no problem. You can do that for however long you want to, no big deal. 
I'll never forget, we were having an RMAI meeting, which is the ministerial organization I'm with, and so we brought our national director with us, and we're all sitting there, there's like 30 or 40 of us, we're sitting in in a restaurant, and there's this solid glass window, I mean, it's got to be 30, 40 feet, it's all beautiful, we're watching the street here, we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, here comes 30 or 40 guys, totally naked, riding bicycles, doing skateboards, and on on, uh, rollerblades, and and we're just all eating, we didn't know, none of us flinched, and he is from Oklahoma, he's like, all of a sudden, he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't none of you guys see this? What's going on? I see, and everybody's like, well, see what? Did just, I see, well, yeah, that's San Francisco. He goes, you're kidding me, right? No, 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 they're protesting fossil things and stuff, even though everything they're writing, everything they're wearing is fossil. But that's what they're protesting. He said, that's not, it's not right. I said, it's San Francisco. It is. You can, you can do that today. You see it. It's the way it is. It's crazy. Oh, that's not true. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> you know, we have guest speakers come and they go, I want to go to, let's take us to San Francisco. I said, no, I don't go to San Francisco. You can go. I get in the flesh when I go to San Francisco. I get, I get mad when I go to San Francisco. I don't like going. I, nothing, I pray for San Francisco. I do, but, it, you know, it's just not, not a good thing. And we had a guest speaker who went over, took his wife over there and everything, and he walked around the corner, and there was another 10, 15 guys, you know, his age, you know, that were all totally naked, you know, and because they were protesting, and they invited him to, 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 to protest with them. He said, that's okay, I'll just, and he turned around to go, he said, honey, we need to go this way. <laughs> and we look at this, and we kind of go, wow. But see, you see, in the end, and, and we know that God didn't tell them to do that, because they're not preaching Jesus, they're, you know, they're protesting something else, it's crazy. And you look at this, you kind of go, you got to be kidding me. No, that's what goes on. That's what's happening. But the problem is that in the, and also we got another in there where God tells him, you marry this prostitute and watch her be totally unfaithful to show something to the. So we got the book of Jeremiah, which is one of the longest, biggest prophet of Jeremiah. And no, he preached his whole life and nobody listened to him. Nobody listened. No, that's why he's called the weeping prophet. He preached his whole entire life and he prophesied things that came to pass and nobody listened to him. Nobody paid any attention to him. And he's got one of the biggest books in the the Bible. And nobody listened to him. They thought he was crazy. See, we look at this and we kind of go, you got to be kidding me, but no. See, what God values on the earth is totally different than what we value. That's why your faith can't be passive because God and I want you to do something a little crazy. Don't, I'm not telling you to, I'm not telling you to go naked. I'm not telling you to, to, if you do, I'm going to talk to you, okay? Like I am. I mean, there better be some supernatural signs and wonders like there was with Isaiah, okay? Unless you get mad at the prophet Isaiah and think, how oh, that was really crazy. You need to understand that the prophet Isaiah, his book of the Bible, the book of Isaiah is the only book of the Bible that we have in its entirety. In the Hebrew language, it's completely, I mean, it's exactly like what our King James Version is. It's in, encased in glass, it's scroll, and it, it's the whole thing. And the wonderful thing about that is that every other book in the Bible is connected to the book of Isaiah. Because Isaiah has 66 chapters, there's 66 books in the Bible. 39 old, 27 new. First 39 chapters correlate with the Old Testament. The last 27 chapters correlate with the New Testament. Every single uh, book in the Bible has an Isaiah quotation in it. Every one of the epistles, everyone, you can do them. You read the book of Isaiah, it'll set you free. 
talks about, I mean, it's an awesome, awesome thing, and God tied everything together. So lest you think God was crazy in doing that, God did that for a purpose. I'm still not sure why, but glory to God. He was obedient to God. Amen? We see things and know things. That's the thing about it. Our faith, many times we say, well, I understand why that, because you can't, your faith can't be silent and it can't be passive. See, because the world could care less what we do inside these four walls. It's getting out there and talking out there and sharing out there that scares everybody. Well, what are you doing outside here? Why are you talking about it out here for? Why don't you do this? Have it to yourself. I can't. God told me to do this. Amen? Here's the third thing. Is that believe it or not, there's no such thing as depressed faith. Why did I write that down? I'm glad you asked that question. It's because there's a lot of people who want to have faith to themselves who say, well, my faith is just quiet. I understand that. God moves on people in different ways. I know, some, I know a guy who's a minister that when God actually moves on him, he just weeps. He just cries. He just is like, he's very solemn. He weeps and weeps because when he's not under the anointing, he's just a big cut up and a big jokester. You can't believe anything, he says, until he gets under the anointing. <laughs> Amen. You know, he's never telling the truth. And I'm thinking, God, how do you use somebody like that? But he does. He's a phenomenal teacher. He's a blessing. He's a wonderful guy. He's a great pastor. He's got a great church. The key is, but, he, but he's a jokester. That's what he does. But when God touches him, so, but here's the problem. Many people think the way God touches them is how he's got to touch everybody else. See, you know, I mean, the Bible talks about that he wants, the God of hope's going to fill us with joy and peace in believing. There's joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, which means that our faith needs to be vibrant. You need to be excited about your relationship with God. Amen. We've got the hope. We've got the power. Amen. That's why John G. Lake changed the whole nation down there in South Africa and everything and got a thousand churches built and got over a hundred thousand people saved and healed and delivered and did all because he believed that what God said was true. Amen. He just believed it. He never prayed about people being healed or not. He just said, be healed in Jesus' name because that's what God said. Jesus said. It's pretty amazing, but we get all nervous about that. Amen? See, we need to, first of all, we need to recognize the source of our opposition is the enemy. It's not people. See, when we express our faith, when we don't have silence, we're not doing that to impress people. Because if you are, you get your reward and you're not going to have faith anyways. But when you share your faith because of what God says, and this is what God's doing, and they watch that, and they watch God do it, supernatural things happen. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, why, why can we be so bold? Because we've got the promises of God. We've got to always grab a hold of the promises of God, make sure that we've got the promises of God that are covering what we're saying. See, it all goes back to what is the purpose of faith? To govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. How do we know if we have our faith up? Because we are, we are governing our life by what we believe. We're governing our life by the word of God that is directing what we think, what we say, and what we do. Amen? And if we're doing what the word of God says, we're going to walk in agreement. People are going to be excited about what God's doing. They may not understand the methods and things, but they're going to be excited about what God is doing. Amen? And what we need to do as Christians, we need to make sure that we are living the life that God told us to live, that we are not letting doubt or unbelief permeate our, be permeated or just come in. You've got to cast down doubt and unbelief. Amen? Amen. 
we got to take authority over things because there is an enemy that's arrayed against us. Amen? <laughs> and here's something else. Don't violate your heart. Whatever God speaks to your heart, take it. Walk with it. Amen? You know what God's speaking to your heart. What's God speaking to your heart? I mean, Abraham and Sarah, you got to, you know, Abraham is the father of our faith. The Bible talks about Abraham believed God. That's why the whole, everything started. God come down and chose Abraham because he's going to teach his kids because he was going to do the right things. Abraham just believed God even in the midst when everything was not, no way could it be. He's this old guy, but you're going to have a seed. Now, yeah, Abraham messed up and had an Ishmael. We know that. He had a work of the flesh. And we've been, that's the whole problem that we're having right now. You know, it's a family feud if you don't know that. The whole earth is a family feud, okay? Hallelujah. Think the Hatfields and the McCoys are bad. You should see the Ishmaels and, and the Isaacs, okay? Hallelujah. Got some problems going on there. That's what's happening. We got things that are tickets to two sons of Abraham. But the, the key is, is to understand though Abraham and the reason that God so loved him is because Abraham just believed God. And he knew how to have strong faith. In Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham had strong faith. He believed that God could do what he said he could do, and he could give glory to God. So the Bible says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God is able to perform. See, faith simply believes, I've got God's will on it. I believe that God will do it, and I believe he'll do it for me. Not that he can, because everybody believes God can. They just don't know if he will. They don't think they deserve it. Amen. Why is it so important to know that what is, faith is supposed to produce or what how faith's purpose is, is because it is to enable us to walk in this life not being yielded to the flesh, not being yielded to the devil, but being strong and being able to help no matter what goes on. We've got an answer. We've got the word of God that changes everybody's lives. Amen. I mean, I love what Paul told to the Romans. I love Romans chapter four. I love Romans chapter eight. I love Romans chapter 10. I love Romans chapter 12. I can give you, because it's so cool. He's endeavoring to get across to these guys because he was in Rome. So he was like, hey, I want to write all these things to you that here's what you need to know. How great it is that nothing, if God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to, you know, present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's Romans 12.1. Then he says, I'm not going to be conformed to this world. Why is it so important? Because we take hold of the word of God. People need to see it. They don't need to hear it so much as they need to see it right now. They need to see our actions. They need to see our lives. They need to see our faith and our joy and our peace about what God is doing on the inside because what is the purpose of faith is to govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. Hallelujah. God's heart, God's plan, God's purpose. And when my faith shield is up, what am I? I'm governing my life by what I believe. And what good is what we believe if it doesn't govern what we think, what we say, and what we do? Amen? It doesn't work. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here's one of the biggest keys of what transpires. I'm going to wind this thing up and get us down to here early. Hallelujah. Since you guys were here you know, for two hours last week with Brother David, he was good, though. He did a good job. Hallelujah. But I'm coming back, so we're all good. It, uh, here's the key. Faith is in what Jesus or what the Holy Spirit or what the Word of God says. Faith is in the Bible. Faith is in the Word of God. Believing with our heart is when we take the word of God and it is the final authority. It's your final answer. 
God said. And it's hard to do because you've got so many voices, so many, you can get so cluttered. But we've got to let the word of God build the confidence. We've got to let the word of God build the strength. And we've got to let the word of God be built on the inside so we can receive what we believe, what the word of God actually says we can do. Because the word of God's amazing. It says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It says that God's going to meet and supply every need that you have. It says that God's going to lead, guide, and direct your life. That you know the voice of the Spirit and the voice of another you will not follow. That the Holy Spirit, who's the Spirit of truth, he's guiding you into all truth. And he's going to show you things to come so you know the future. You've got an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. You've got an anointing that abides within you. And God's leading you and directing you and guiding you. And he says, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. And he says, that life that was in the Son and the life is in you. That he that raised up Christ from the dead, that same Spirit dwells in you. It gives you life. And he says, all authority in heaven and in earth and in hell belongs to me and I give it to you. You have, you resist the devil and the devil flees. You have authority. You take authority. You grab hold of the Word of God. You grab it. You take over. You begin to say it and decree and declare it. See, we grabbed, and it's not that we're trying to go out and beat anybody up. We're just going to say, no, for me and my house, we're going to serve God. For me and my house, this is what we're going to do. I'm declaring this for me. I don't, you can get all mad if you want to. You can get all upset. But for me and my house, we are going to be blessed. We are going to let God be God. Amen. That's what we have to do. See, because the enemy's always trying to say, well, no, you can have faith. Just have it to yourself and be quiet about it. Why you got to be so loud? You know, I mean, can't you just can't you just be a little bit more passive? Why do you have to be so aggressive? It's not aggressive. It's simply I've got to get the word out, and I have to. That's why I get I've gotten in more trouble because people, you know, you listen to people and they talk so much doubt and unbelief, and they fill the air with negativity and garbage, and I have to go. And then I just have to speak the word. I say, oh, I gotta I gotta clear the atmosphere. I gotta get 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 around me. I gotta I gotta build a barrier around me. And then they go, oh, you're just, you're just trying to preach it. Oh, you're just trying to be this word person. You're just trying to be this, you know, this faith man. I say, yes, I am. I got I to gotta clear the air. I got to clear it because I got to breathe. For me, I, you want to die, you die. How about I got to breathe? See, because here's the thing about it. People say, well, you're just all about that confession. No, it doesn't do any good to have a confession if it's not based on the word of God. You could talk all kind. You can get positive. You can get read positive books, positive things. Get all kind of positive, trying to build some positive things in you. But if it's not based on the word of God, it doesn't do any good. But when you declare the word of God, things change. See, because you remember in Hebrews chapter four and verse two. Remember when the, the, the Hebrew writer there, which I believe was Paul, he said this. He said the word, you know, was preached to them. That same word was preached to them as the word that was preached to us. But the word preached to them was not mixed with faith. They didn't mix faith with it, so it didn't do any good. See, the same word gets preached to us, and people hear it. They're sitting in the same church. They hear the word of God, but they go, I don't, you know, I like pastor's enthusiasm. I like how pastor gets excited, you know. But, you know, my excitement, my enthusiasm doesn't do you any good unless you take hold of the word of God, because I'm just trying to get it to you. I'm trying to get it in you. I'm trying to get you to believe in you. I'm trying to get it. Hallelujah. And get the word of God to build up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. So that when you get it, it changes your life. Because see, faith comes by the word of God. So faith for everything comes by the word of God. Faith for healing. Faith for, you know, prosperity or faith for finance. Faith for wisdom. Faith for relationships. Faith for everything. It's amazing how many people curse their lives. 
And when you get around, you hear people say, well, yep, I get this every year, I get this every year, or this happens. I mean, I always have lousy relationships. Well, I can tell you why you have a lousy relationship. Because you keep saying it, number one. Number two is that uh, you need to look at you. Nobody wants to be around anybody who's depressed. Come on. Remember, there's no such thing as depressed faith. Well, I just have this. I'm pious. No, you're, you're dead. You're half dead. You need to get something, get some life into you. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, get some evidence. Get some evidence. Faith, you know, one translation says faith is the evidence. Amen? Faith's ev- faith has some evidence. There's some life about you. There's some evidence that you've actually been. And here's the thing. Let's close on this. But is that, uh, you know, the word will work for everyone who receives it. And that's the thing about it. You've got to receive it. You've got to, and your response to it is the determining factor of how fast and how good and how great it'll grow. But I want you to have the shield of faith up. I want you to be able to do the why. I want you to understand faith's purpose because why, I, I want the devil to lose his grip on you. I mean, if you ever just you get down and it just kind of looks like a fog or you get down like, man, it just doesn't seem like it's a, just get frustrated. Just kind of get like, what's going on? You know, you do stuff, you're doing things and you're like, oh, got to do this, got to do this again. We have to do this. Oh my gosh. And that happens a lot because, you know, there's never, it's, my life is never an end. There's always something that we have to do, have to do. You know, my wife, I t- she goes, what's going on? And then when I tell her, she goes, she goes, she's burst, she's burst my bubble. She says, you just took all the wind out. I said, I know, but that's why I don't tell you what all is going on. She said, well, what do you have to do? I said, well, how much do I supposed to tell you? I got, I got 152 things to do today, but I, I only want to tell you three or four because if I tell you 10, 12, you're going to go, <sighs> but I'll get 50 or so of those done if you just, you know, but I, but I don't tell you that because I, what did you do? And I say, I did this, 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 and she's just like, you just wear me out just talking to me. I said, I know that, but it's like, you know, <laughs> you, you, you got to, you got to, and the enemy wants to wear us out. He wants to get these things, but what you have to do, and I, for my life, is I have to say, all right, Lord, I know you're working. I need to get that which I, the main things I need to get done. These are things that are at the top priority of things, you know, I can get. And at the, you know, I get the other things that can wait. I can do those tomorrow, whatever I need. But I know I have to get them done in a certain time. So I do. I get a lot of things accomplished in that. But I don't let, and I, today was one of those days that I could have let everything kind of go, all right. But I know what to do. I know what faith's purpose is. So the first thing is faith's purpose is to guard what I'm thinking. And I got to ask myself, am I thinking faith thoughts? Or am I, speak, am I thinking junky stuff? Am I thinking the problem or am I thinking the solution? See, because thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words will always lead my heart out of defeat and into victory. I heard that over 40 some odd years ago, you know, actually 42 years ago. I heard that and never forgot it. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words will lead your heart out of defeat and into victory. And the other little side journey that is thoughts that are not acted upon die unborn. (laughs) Never forgot that one either. Because your brain, you may have those times where you're just quiet, never think about anything. I have never had that luxury. 
but uh, I'd like to. I'd like to have a nothing box. I think I, I think I do if I can watch sports or something, but I've never had one of those. We're, us guys are always supposed to have nothing, but some we just like, get spaced out, but it's not there for me. I'm trying, but it's not there. But no, closing on this is that, listen, let's close with that little phrase. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words leads a heart out of defeat and into victory every single time. You just start thinking, what do I need to do? First of all, if I've got everything that I'm carrying, I've got to cast all my cares over onto the Lord. It takes faith to do that. Say, God, you've got to handle that. you got it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. you got it. I'm going to give it to you. And now, here's what we need to do right now for what he did. And I take the word of God and I settle some things because the Bible says that that settles it in heaven, but it only settles it in my heart when I believe it. Amen. So faith's purpose is to govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. And we have the shield of faith up when we're allowing the word of God to govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I just think I've just taught a faith lesson in Bible tonight, but it sure blessed me and it sure stirs up my heart when we talk about the subject of faith, believing you and trusting you. And Father, thank you that you've got your hand upon Harvest Bible Church. You've got your hand on every person that's here. They're so precious and so wonderful. Lord, thank you for that. It's such a joy when people come out on a Wednesday night, those that, even those watching, Father, that they've tuned in to hear the word of God. Lord, thank you that let faith arise in their hearts. Let them walk strong in the things of God. Let them know that they've got to speak their faith. Let them know that they've got to act their faith. And let them know that their faith needs to be vibrant on the inside. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for that. I just thank you and praise you, Father. We always want to share about salvation because that's what it's all about. But we're teaching the body. But if you're watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me just share with you, God loves you. Jesus loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The key is, it's just like I said in Romans chapter 10, all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you'll be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. We love all of you. Glory to God. Father, thank you for tonight. I just thank you for each and every one. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.